Good evening. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Fans Only Sports Network. I'm Adam Wright from the Outer Banks, where I'm vacationing currently, and CJ Medeiros from Martha's Vineyard, where he is currently. And we have a great show planned for you tonight. Uh, we're going to get to our NFC North predictions. We're going to be previewing that division and helping us to preview this division is lifelong Vikings fan Tyson Tate. So Tyson, you have been a loyal listener to us for quite some time now, but why don't you, why don't you introduce yourself to us? I'm Tyson. I'm 16. And I'm possibly the biggest Vikings, pla- Vikings fan on the planet. Nice. Yeah, man. Um, do you, you so do you play, do you play any sports or are you, I, I play both basketball and football. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, we're going to jump right into it. But first, I want to point out some big news, some a big milestone that we hit today for our show. We just hit our 1,000th follower on our page. So we've been we started this thing from the ground up, and it felt like we were never going to get anywhere at at some points. But we with about a year and a half into our show have finally hit a thousand followers. So I can't thank you guys enough. Tyson, you too, for everything you guys have done, all the engagement and everything. We love hearing what you guys have to offer, what you guys have to say. And we really couldn't have done it without you guys. So thank you guys for everything and for the thousandth follower and Lots more coming. This is going to be a very exciting NFL season, and we cannot wait to cover it. And we're going to start today. And so we're going to, we will get to our NFC North preview. But I want to start out with Baker Mayfield because this guy finally got traded when it felt like he was never going to get traded. So he goes to the, to the Carolina Panthers for a fifth round pick. The Browns are paying the vast majority of his of his salary. So, it look I believe the I believe the Panthers are going to be paying of only 4 mil of what was it? 18 million of his salary. He's also going to a contract year, but I wanted to get you guys' thoughts. We'll go around the table. We'll start with Tyson. What do you guys think of this incredible deal? Um crazy to think that they have like two of the same QBs from their same draft class on a team. Plus they now have a rookie QB. That's going to be most likely their third string. So I, I think the Panthers won their trade for only giving up a fifth round pick for Baker Mayfield, which in my opinion was pretty insane. I would have thought they'd have to they'd give up more, but I think there's going to be a lot of QB competition in that QB room. Because you have a rookie QB, Mackerel, you have Sam Darnold, and now you have Baker Mayfield on one room full of QBs. Nice. Uh, CJ, what are your thoughts? Now, I don't mean any disrespect by this, but the Browns front office need to take their meds. I mean, think about it. They, they wanted heaven and earth for Baker Mayfield, and they got a fifth-round pick where if they're lucky, may turn into a fourth because, you know, it's a conditional pick. And and kind of what Tyson said, it's like the Panthers won that trade. You're getting a good starting caliber quarterback who's a great step above Sam Darnold, and you got him for a bag of chips, pennies on the dollar. <laughs> and good Lord. This is just the brownsiest situation possible. You have two good quarterbacks, starting caliber one and one when he's healthy is, is top 10. One of them's not even going to play this season, and yet and you traded the other one. Browns, that, that is all. This is, so this is, this is definitely a great trade for the Carolina Panthers in just about every way you can look at it. Financially, they're only paying four mil of his salary. And for in terms of what they gave up, they only gave up a fifth round pick in what was it? 24, 2024 or 23. I'm, I'm confusing the two. I think it's 24 or 23. I think it was 23. 23. Either way, it's a fifth round pick. Um, so <laughs> you get that you have that. 
And also, even if it doesn't work out, he's in a contract year. So if you so you can just say see you later, and all you gave up at the at the end of the day was a fifth round pick, and you and you're only paying four mil of his salary. So this is an incredible deal for the Panthers. And as CJ said, they need to get they need to get something checked there in that front office. And they they have I will say they have actually done the Browns have done a great job with managing their team over the past few years. They've built up this team, and it's no coincidence as to how they did it. They've been doing it for years on on you know building this roster but this is a trade where it feels like it just doesn't make sense for them and i think i i think what happened was they felt bad about what what baker what baker's going through and what they put him through and they felt the need to honor his 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 trade request as soon as possible and to also get at least something for him because again he's going into a contract year so Clear, the Panthers were the clear winners of this deal. This is a high risk, uh, excuse me, a low, low risk, high reward deal, and the Panthers have themselves a quarterback for next year. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's you know it's it's a it's a great deal for them, and uh, looking at looking at the looking at the Browns, so they did finally get uh, they got Baker off the roster after that. After that crazy, just it was just a complete fiasco with what went on between the between Baker and the Browns, and it's clear that they didn't really let him know about anything when they were going after Baker, uh, after Deshaun Watson. Now the Browns need to pray that Deshaun doesn't miss any any significant time because I'm sure there are a lot of Browns fans out there who are dreading the idea of Jacob uh, Jacoby Brissett becoming their quarterback for next year. It's just going to be, oh, it's, it's going to be an absolute and utter travesty and typical Browns fashion, what is going on down there. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I can think of nothing more Browns than having two good quarterbacks and having none of them play for you next season. Yeah, I I mean there's not too much else to there's not too much else to say about it. Just the Brown the the Browns were the clear there I want to I want to bring up one other detail. Something that came up. It was in April when there was a there was a fan page that for the Panthers that put out the idea that uh out, it was in the direct aftermath that of Baker Mayfield asking for a trade. He so it 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 turns out that they were the they they were the clear favorites to land Baker Mayfield and some fans were like intrigued by the idea and they posted about it in this one fan page. I'm forgetting the name of it. They said they posted that Ian Rappaport reported that they're the favorites to land Baker Mayfield. And then wide receiver Robbie Anderson of the Carolina Panthers. He responds to under the Instagram post about it, reporting it saying, no, how bad does that get? How like that is just yikes. And it's, you know, it's yeah. So yeah, sorry, what, what I don't know what I'm Go ahead. I'm just gonna say that's almost that's probably just as bad as uh, Michael Brockers, the DT on the Rams, that went to Detroit and then talked trash about Jared Goff, and then Jared Goff was traded to Detroit. Remember that? It, it's reaching that level of awkwardness. And then, of course, you know, now Robbie Anderson's trying to walk that uh, whole instant bag. He's like, no, I was just protecting my starting quarterback. No, you weren't, Robbie. You're yeah. not slick like that. Yeah, and and another thing to add into that is that he was asked about it during training camp right after uh, it was right after the trade was made That about the – the comment he said, he goes, I don't regret anything. I said what I said, and I was just getting my emotions out. I was letting them people know how I really, really feel. Like, how do you think Baker Mayfield is thinking? What do you, how do you think he's thinking about that? That he is going, that he's, that you're going to go out and you're going to say, I, I just don't, I don't like the quarterback. And I, I'm, and then double down on that after you acquire him. At least, the least you could do is say, Hey, look, man. I said what I said, but like I'm, I'm gonna give you the chance. Let's, let's do a workout or something. He didn't do any of that. He just said, yeah, well, like I kind of, I kind of felt that way. I said what I said, and you know, I just wanted to say what, I, how I felt. Like, that's a, that's 
maybe the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And uh, God forbid this affects Robbie Anderson this year, and he's not able to put up the numbers that he hasn't in, in years past. Yeah. Plus, I don't get why he feels this way. I mean, I know Baker's not the most exciting quarterback, but would you rather stick with the man who sees ghosts? <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah. just asking questions here. Yeah, I, yeah, it is. It is a very, it is a very weird, uh, a weird dilemma. But uh, Tyson, do you have any any other thoughts about this uh, about this about this crazy deal about uh, Robbie Anderson about any of this? Just the the QB room, how that's all gonna like play out? Because the Panthers said they're not gonna trade Sam Darnold, but they said they're having QB competitions with all three QBs. So it's gonna. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens this offseason with all three of those QBs all in their training. But I obviously think Baker's going to yeah, win that is, like, the I'm QB sorry. competition, in my opinion. Yeah, so you, you think – so you think Baker is going to win the the quarterback competition? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I do think it's going to be a lot closer than people are giving it credit for, just because of reports coming out of Carolina saying that he's having a great training camp and he's shown a little bit of improvement. So he, I'm sure, I'm sure Darnold will make some sort of noise uh, in that quarterback competition. However, uh, it's just, it's hard to see Baker losing it. Even in a down year, he still threw for over 3,000 yards and 17, uh, 17 to 13 touchdown to interception ratio, yeah. which those numbers don't jump out at you, but they're better than Sam Darnold numbers. And right. you're, you're going to, you're going to look at that. You're going to look at those numbers and um, put him on a, and put him now on in a, a what you could argue to be a better quarterback, a better situation, better wide receiving, better wide receiving core and arguably a better running back if he stays healthy then you you could see those numbers actually actually improving and he stays you know he he has the quarterback job right and i i also think that baker mayfield's gonna work much better in the system in carolina than sam Darnold has shown last year yeah certainly it's it's going to be it's i like I said, it'll be it'll be close, and I think Sam Darnold will be able to make his case at least to the point where if Baker falls flat on his face during the season and winds up being benched, Sam Darnold will be the first one out there to, to back him up, and he'll get his right. chance to prove himself during the regular season and get some regular season reps. I just don't think it's going – I just don't think he's that good of a quarterback to be able to uh, – Right. He, he, he might be having a good training camp, but uh, you never know. But uh, we do have to move on to our main course of this episode, which is the NFC North. So we're going to talk about that division. A lot has happened, so we're going to break it all down. Don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Welcome back. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Fans Only Sports Network. I'm Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, and special guest Tyson Tate with us. And we have reached our NFC North preview for this summer. So we are going to be previewing the 2022 season for the NFC North division, which features the Green Bay Packers, the Minnesota Vikings, the Detroit Lions, and the Chicago Bears. So... To give a brief summary of what happened this offseason for these teams. So the Packers, the biggest thing for them is they lost they lost Devontae Adams, who is their best wide receiver by far and arguably their only receiver at this point. And 
They So what's good for them is that they were able to retain Aaron Rodgers. Turns out he decided to stay. He did not ask for a trade. However, you it, it, they, they lost so much on offense just from Devontae Adams, and they're going to need somebody to step up in there. Um, they added in um, – I'm blanking on the, guy, on the guys they, they added. Uh, CJ, could you – did they add anybody? I'm – uh, they, they drafted. Had, uh, they they drafted. What is it? Christian Watson. Yeah, they drafted I, Christian Watson, the me, and they drafted uh, Romeo Dubs for receivers. So they drafted some wide receivers, but they did. They had two first round picks from from trading uh, Devonte Adams. They got an extra first round pick. They used both of them on defense. Uh, so going over to the Minnesota Vikings, they re- kind of retained what they had on offense. But they added a little bit on defense, which is always what they needed. So they they got a little bit more balanced, theoretically, if it all works out. They are a much more balanced team than they have been in years past. And the, the Detroit Lions, their youth movement continues as they brought in two very good players, which is Jamison Williams, wide receiver, and... I'm blanking. I'm blanking on the, the other Hutchinson. guy. I shouldn't be. Yeah, James. J, uh, what? What is it again? I'm sorry. Aiden Hutchinson. A- Aiden Hutchinson. I shouldn't be blanking on that, but uh, a lot big league to to uh, memorize for us. But their youth movement continues, and they may be a couple of years away from contention, but they are certainly trending in the right direction. The Chicago Bears, man, they've done nothing to improve that organization. In fact, they might have gotten worse. And they then they all they also lost Allen Robinson. So after franchising him for a year, turns out you get nothing out of it, and he leaves out of free agency. So there's your basic summary of the NFC North. Lots, like I said, a lot happened. So I'll start with you, Tyson, and you can talk about your you can talk up your Vikings as well. Um, what do you? How do you think this division will stack up? Uh, so I, I think the Bears are obviously going to go in last place this year. I just don't believe – I just don't see them winning more than six games this year, like, at all, with what their roster is looking like right now and really don't believe in their new head coach at all, considering I think this is going to be his first year and he's going into Chicago with a dysfunctional offense. And I definitely think the Lions are definitely on the, like – on the scale of improvement, like they're just they're going up right now. Like great drafting this year by the Lions. I think I also believe that getting Jason Williams with the twelfth overall pick was very helpful for that offense because now you have for the Lions you have Hawkinson, St. Brown, and now you have Jamison Williams on that team. That's gonna be a pretty good trio of receiving. Um my my Vikings, I I hope they win the playoffs. I my prediction for them is to either go ten and seven or eleven and six to win the division. Um, Green Bay, uh, I still see Green Bay competing with the Vikings like usual because they have they have Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers usually skins us, but I but it's, it's just going to be a dogfight the whole year for that division, especially Green Bay and Minnesota. It, I definitely believe Green Bay will win at home against us but we'll be Green Bay at U.S. Bank Stadium. All right. CJ, what do you th- what do you think about this division? Now, in any other year, you would say Green Bay is going to run away with this because, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a bad man, supposedly. But without Devontae Adams, I just don't know. I mean, you have to look at the rest of their receiver core. I mean, you have old man Randall Cobb. Alan Lazard, who's never really been more than like a wide receiver two in his career. And like I said, you drafted Christian Watson. I was not high on him, you know, coming out of the draft. And uh, Sammy Watkins, for some reason. It's just, they, they, they have a lot of wide receiver twos. No one that really gets you excited. You don't have anyone that says, oh, that guy's dangerous. You have to respect him. We got to double him. No, that's just, and as a Pats fan who, whose roster arguably has nothing but wide receiver twos, we know. And when no one on your team is worth a doubling, it always seems like there's an extra defender on the field. Now, the Vikings, I like them. 
you know, like you said, we added a bit on, you know, they added a, a bit on defense, which is really what they needed. But I'm really excited to see that core of Cook and Thielen and Justin Jefferson and tight end Irv Smith Jr. But I, I just don't know why. Maybe it's just the optimist in me, but part of me says don't sleep on the Lions. I mean, not not going to the playoffs, but maybe making a little noise, maybe even at 500. Then again, that all depends on Jared Goff. But I like what they did. They overhauled, they got, you know, you had Amon Ross St. Brown breakout rookie season. And then you go, you draft Jameson Williams in the first round and you grab DJ Chark in free agency. You solidify the offensive line. You have a lot of young pieces on defense, like the newly drafted Aiden Hutchinson and Amani Aruwarie. And like I said, I don't see the Lions going to the playoffs, but maybe they get around 500. They could definitely shock a few teams. And then there are the Bears. Let me tell you something. The most notable thing about the Bears offseason, not even the Khalil Mack trade, is that they may or may not be getting a dome on their stadium. I forgot that's to mention the, big... the Khalil Mack trade. Huh? I forgot to mention the Khalil Mack trade. Yeah. That was, that see, was another big no, one. But I'm not kidding. Right now, the most notable thing about Chicago is that the city may or may not waste uh, money to build a dome for their stadium. And when that's the most exciting thing you have, you're in trouble. But, yeah, I think it's going to be a tight race down to the finish between Green Bay and Minnesota. You know, Green Bay only because, you know, Aaron Rodgers. But I would not be surprised if Minnesota takes it. Yeah, so I look at this, and I think this is this is – this is going to be the year where Minnesota retakes the division from Green Bay after three straight years where the after three straight years where the the Packers would take it and it's it's going to be them and they they have talent everywhere I know Dalvin Cook tends to be injury prone but even if he winds up getting hurt they still have Alexander Madison to to fill in who's been every bit as effective um as Dalvin Cook can be and you have that offense. You have a de- and like I, I could say all, all I want about the de- about excuse me the offense because the offense has been has always played up to standards ter- during during these past few years. The problem with this team has been the defense. After a few years in the late 2010s, where the Vikings defense was among the best in the league, they dropped off the cliff. Man, they fell off, and they haven't been able to get back. And it looks like they have a chance to finally get back in that conversation and complement that offense. And it's and it's great timing because now the now the Packers are looking that like they're going to fall off a little bit. And Aaron Rodgers is only getting older. So even even if the Green the Packers find a way to contend, it's not going to last long. And even if they do find a way to be competitive, like I said. They don't have much firepower on offense. Now, what I believe this this offense is going to this this uh, this scheme is going to be for the Packers is going to be a run a, a defense and <coughs> excuse me defense and running the ball type of type of team where they're going to use AJ Dillon, they're going to use Aaron Jones. Rodgers is going to game manage, which I'm sure he won't be happy about, but hey, he decided to stay, so this is what you are going to be doing. And the Packers, they have the Packers defense, they have a great defense that is looking even better by the year. And it looks like they're going with a little bit of a defense and running the ball scheme. As for the Lions, sorry, this is there's a there's a parking lot right next to us. Not sure if you guys can hear that. Um but as for the Detroit Lions, they definitely have a good youth movement going, but they're a couple of years off, and they might need a quarterback. I like Jared Goff. I always have, and I think he's because he's he's been called overrated so much that he's now underrated. But he's going. But they're going to need a guy at some point, and they're they're going to have to find him some somewhere in the draft, or either that or through a trade. But Goff is not going to be the answer. They're a couple of years off from contention. The Bears. Like CJ said, there's very few things that are really Jesus. It's a weird looking car too. Boy, um it's loud and ugly and 
Is it one of those Jeep trucks? They're pretty bad. It's not even a Jeep truck. It's like one of those like buggy things. Oh, driving God. off from our and it had like an American flag coming out. That's probably the prettiest thing about it is American flag. Yeah. But um, uh, anyways, Chicago Bears. There's not much. Exp- there's not much really to be excited about this team. There isn't. Like they lost. They lost Khalil Mack, and they lost Allen Robinson, and they still haven't gotten enough offensive line help for Justin Fields, so he doesn't get killed again this year. It's going to be like another Andrew Luck scenario where, and even worse than Andrew Luck, because Andrew Luck was at least able to 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 find a way to play to prove that he can play in this league. He was able to make an AFC championship with this guy, with Justin Fields. He may not even be get a chance to develop before he gets killed. And it's going to stink because he did show a lot of promise, especially during the preseason and during and even during the regular season here. But they that that Bears organization has just not done a thing to help Justin Fields. They haven't done anything to help that organiz- that that roster at all. So there it is. There you have it. I have the Vikings winning the division. And I believe we all had the Vikings winning it, didn't we? Yeah. 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 We all had the Vikings. I mean, they're the they're the clear choice. This is their year to win the division. I'm not sure about Kirk Cousins because Cousins is he's Cousins. He's a good quarterback who can clearly play to some level but once you put him on the big stage or monday night football he falls apart he's just he's just he's not been able to show that he's capable of winning on the big stage and he's been good for the most part during like any during any other time but it's you just need to it what separates the good guys from the great guys is being able to win in those big moments. And if you can't do that, then you're going to have a cap on your, on your, uh, on your uh, capability. And they're going to have to find a new, they're going to have to find a new quarterback if they're going to, if they want to uh, find themselves in Super Bowl contention. So uh, there's my, there's my Vikings take for the day, Tyson. It's respectable. What, it, what, it, what do you think? I, I know you and I have talked, and uh, most of the time on on uh, on uh, social media, that that is me. Um, but what do you, what do you think about Kirk Cousins? Like, do do you think that he that he's capable of taking you to that next level, or are you are you kind of are you kind of more uh, on the realistic side, for lack of a better term? Um, I've always been high on Kirk Cousins, and. I mean, what I saw was with the new head coach, Kevin O'Connell, what I saw him do with Matthew Stafford, I think he could probably do the same with Kirk Cousins as well. Not saying like he's going to take us to the Super Bowl, but I feel like he can help the offense even more, like get prepared and everything for those big games in the playoffs. So you think that offense will run a lot smoother than it has in years past, and it'll, yes. it'll help Kirk Cousins. So do you do you think that'll get them over the hump, though? I think it might. I think it will. I think could. I believe in them. Super Bowl team. That's pushing it, but. Well, that's that's what I usually mean by over the hump. If you're a Super Bowl contending team. I feel like they'd have to make one more defensive move to make them a Super Bowl contender, but I think they could do it. I honestly think they could. That's respectable. Well, if they're going to do it any year, it's going to be this year, not only in their division, but also looking at the rest of the AFC because it is really there – was, there, was ex- there was a bit of an exodus from this offseason, not just in free agency but also through trades. A lot of that, a lot of the good players in that in that conference, they all went to the, the that whole conference all went to the AFC. So, yeah, so like, there's a lot of teams that were looking like Super Bowl contenders that may not be doing so may not be doing so next uh, next uh, this year. There's the Buccaneers, there's the Rams. Then who else? 
Browns, Buccaneers, who else? Could say, could say the Cardinals. Cardinals are a possibility to be competitive, I would say. Yeah. Maybe then, the Niners, uh, depending on their quarterback. Niners? There's the – there's – I – Depending on the play of Jalen Hurts, as we as we expressed, yeah. as we expressed our, in our last episode, was I on that episode? I'm not sure if I was able to make it. No, I think that might have been myself and Tucker. So it, it might have been you and Tuck, but I mean, I feel the same way, and I believe I've I believe I've I've stated it before. But it's going to. But depending on Jalen Hurts' play. That that's a that is a team that could wind up being a Super Bowl contender if he could really really play and and elevate his play, uh, especially with the roster they have around him. That that is a team, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, the Cowboys will need a lot of things to go right for them, and they do did lose a lot of pieces. They did replace a lot of pieces, but I mean the best thing they can do is stay the same. And mm. what good is that if that same is a wild card round exit? <laughs> Yeah, and, so and even if they do stumble across hidden talent, you have to remember Mike McCarthy's still their head coach. Exactly. Yeah, um, that is correct. But we are we are getting a little off topic, and I would like to move on to our guest segment, which is where Tyson is going to talk about his his Timberwolves, how they acquired Rudy Gobert. Big name there. So we are going to get to that next. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast. Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, special guest Tyson Tate here. And so we've reached our guest segment and our special guest, Tyson Tate, the Vikings fan. And also, I believe you said all Vi- all Minnesota sports, correct? Just about, except the Gophers. Except the, the Gophers? Wait, who yeah. are they? Is that like soccer or? College college okay college all right i'm not i'm not too much in into college but i'm i'm working on that um but tyson is going to talk about rudy gobert going to the minnesota timberwolves so tyson what do you got i was very excited at first that to hear that we did get rudy gobert until i figured out like the full like the whole trade like i was I was fine giving up picks, but like, I was like, it made me go to the 50 50 side when they said we gave up four or five first round picks for Rudy Gobert and some players. Like, and some of the players, like, I really liked, and then there were some of them, they were just like, eh. But like, did the Timberwolves, like, my question I always think of is like, did the Timberwolves give up too much? I think it's a yes and no question, in my opinion, because. No, because you're you're adding more help to your defense that's been struggling for the last couple of years in the paint. And yes, because you gave up you gave up four four or five first round picks. You gave up you gave up Patrick Beverly, who I thought was the best defending point guard on the team. He was great he built great chemistry with that team. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt was a very was an improving young forward for us that I it was hard for me to let see that we had to let him go as well. Um, seeing that we gave Malik Beasley up, like it, I was like I was on, I was on both sides of it because one he was a really good three point shooter and two like he was he could be very inconsistent at times and I don't know who our third guy was, 
but I don't I don't think he really ever played for us. But I think the Timberwolves are not title contenders, but like they can make a deep playoff run now with the help of Rudy Gobert on that team. And what else was I gonna say? Uh, for being a huge Timberwolves fan, I was I was really hoping the trade was gonna have D'Angelo Russell in it instead of Patrick Beverly. And a lot of people, a lot of people that I know agreed with me on that because Russell was very inconsistent on in the regular season, and like everyone, everyone that I know was really hoping that we could have just kept Patrick Beverly. And when we all saw the trade come out, we were. We were, like, just shocked when it happened. And then we just saw how much we gave up. We were like, eh. It's like, so it's like, to me, it's still a 50-50 trade, but I still think we won the trade in the end. All I, right. I think, I think the team's going to be much better this year defending in the paint. Um, I think they'll do better in the paint as well with help of Rudy Gobert. I'm, I'm just not going to say they're title contenders right now. Nice. Um, so the, the way I've seen it with that Timberwolves team is, I mean, I liked, I've always liked Carl Anthony Towns, at least when he was young. Um, but as, as he's gotten older, I'm starting to see he might not be the number one that they hoped that he would be. But now that they got Anthony Edwards, now that guy can play. And, they, and you combine those two, you have D'Angelo Russell, and now you get Rudy Gobert. That's a pretty good starting lineup. And it, it, you, you, you may be right. They, they won't be title contenders as long as Anthony Edwards is young. But if that kid grows up and he becomes something, and you have a legitimate, you know, top five, top five, that, that might be a little too, yeah. um, a little top ten, a little too kind. Maybe top top ten, top eight, somewhere around there. Then you have yourself a, t- a team that could con- uh, that could contend for a title in a couple of years, but this is this is still a relatively young roster. They're looking to they are lo- they are looking to contend, and they, I mean, the first step is getting a little bit deeper in the in those playoffs. I believe they made it. Did they make it past the play-in tournament? Yes. Well, All right. They, so they didn't have to play in the play-in tournament. They got the seventh seed. Right. They beat the right. Clippers that one game. Right, there you go. So that's a team that uh, now that they've gotten better, especially on the interior with now not only Towns but also Gobert, and they still have a solid backcourt, solid, pretty good backcourt with D'Angelo Russell. Not great, but pretty good. Pretty good. And, you know, th- this, is, this is a team that I could see, that I could see making a deeper playoff run it's going to be tough in that conference because there's a lot of good teams there. Golden State's still not going anywhere, and the the and Phoenix as as much as they've choked in past years, they're still a competitive team, and they've been able to make fairly deep playoff runs these past couple of years, namely a a, a finals appearance that they took right. what six games I believe. So yep. it's going to take a couple of years for them, but I do like this Timberwolves team going forward. I did too. CJ? Uh, yeah, I won't lie. I'm not a fan of the trade. Now, Rudy Gobert, great defender. He's an almost total liability on offense, has a history of playoff choking, is on the wrong side of 30, and has a stupid contract. Now, here's the thing. That in itself is fine because, you know, he's a great defender. You're not asking him to give you 30 points a game. But you gave up how much for that contract? Four first-rounders, a pick swap, Malik Beasley, Pat Beverly, uh, Lenart, wait, is it like Leandro Bulmaro? Yeah. Uh, First-round pick, Walker Kessler, who I kind of liked. He, he's got some upside. And Jared Vanderbilt. I just... I feel like that was too much. I, I Now, look, maybe I just read the whole thing wrong, but I did not expect the Utah Jazz to get that much in return for somebody of that age and that contract. Now, obviously, Gobert would be your center. You're moving Cat to the power forward, and you have a D'Lo and you have Ant in your 
backcourt. So, question: Who's your small forward exactly? Jaden McDaniels. Okay, yeah, that's a little uh, concerning, but he's he's got potential. But it's just I ah that trade is just bizarre to me. And look, I I, I agree with Adam. Ant and Gobert and Cat are gonna be formidable. But I just and D'Lo. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Don't forget D'Lo. Oh, I'm pretty sure old Tyson would like to. I haven't but, forgotten him from his from his Nets days. Yeah, that fella could play. During yeah, that I know, I know, but he's not on the Nets anymore. But Continue. but see, it's just look, I, I I like that you got Gobert. You know, it's a good ad, but I just hate, and I mean, now I'm not a Timberwolves hater. I got hey, you guys gave us KG. I, I that, the respect, there's some respect there. But God, I just I really, really, really do not like what you gave up for him. And frankly, I do think the Jazz won the trade. But then again, this is the whole – but, you know, Danny Ainge is a big picks guy. You know, he likes to sell off parts of the roster to accrue picks. So he got what he wanted. But just when it comes to the playoffs, I'd say at least you would be the five seed because if Ant takes another step forward, you're going to be deadly. But until then, we'll just have to wait and see. I am like I said, I'm not thrilled with the trade. But Gobert in and of himself is a really good addition. I mean, it certainly helps you in the short term. So here, so here's why. I, so I'll I'll add a counter argument to that. So four first round picks is a lot, and it's it's tough for any other league out of the four out of the big four uh, uh, sports leagues: NBA, MLB, uh, MLB, NFL, uh, etc. However. When you are when it's the NBA, and you are going to be you're you're a young team, you're going to be competitive for those next four years. Then those first round picks aren't going to add up to much. So if you're so if you're selling those first round picks to to improve your team now, then those first round picks are going to be late first round picks. Yeah, but see, so that's why that's why I that's why I actually really like the deal. Now, but see, hear me out. You you literally just said if they want to compete now, but I don't think they can. They're going to compete now. This is like the kind of move you would expect for a team that's one piece away for the championship. So not what's your Minnesota Timberwolves? So what's your so what's your ceiling? Do you think they're going to do worse than they did last year? Because if they uh, even they're going to be they better. I said it helps them in the short term, but. Uh, they, I think they're going to be better than they were last year. I would say your floor. I might have said ceiling earlier, but I don't know. But, but your floor, your floor is like the fifth seed. And your ceiling is, I would say, maybe, just maybe if the stars align right, the uh, conference finals. But I don't see them, you know, winning anything. And just, I don't know. Like I said, Gobert's also on the wrong side of 30. Hence why I said this is a great short-term trade, but but Minnesota is so kind of like a long-term developing team. So let let's look at this from the long-term and the short-term. So short-term, do you see them finishing? Do you see if they stay the same? That first-round pick is still not worth it uh-huh. in, uh, this year. And looking at it, ne- looking at it in the next coming years, it was four first-round picks, correct? So in the next four swap. years. In the next four years, where do you see where do you see Gobert in these next in these next coming years? Do you see him still being still being a productive player? And if not, how many of those years will he st- still be product, uh, productive? I won't lie to you. I don't know. I feel like offensively he's just going to get worse, but defensively he'd probably be decent for at least. I'd say three of those four years, like I said, you know, age can hit centers hard. But I just, like I said, I'm not trying to disrespect the team. I'm really not. But this is just like my take. I just, I'm not a fan. And like I said, Gobert, like, he will, especially in the coming years, he will give you next to nothing offensively. Yeah, I mean, and he's never really been that. Uh, an off an offense type player. So he is he's he's exactly thirty, and his age is June twenty six. So this is this will be his age thirty season. So 
I think I don't I don't know. I think to to ask for him to go to go maybe three four years that's not out of the question. In fact, I think that's that's a fairly solid expectation for him. If he can go three yeah, of those four like, years, but after he's not going to win you anything. And we haven't even really touched on his history of like falling apart in the playoffs. Well, yeah, but that's where that's where Anthony Edwards comes in if if he can play. And then you have Carl Anthony Towns, you have D'Angelo Russell. You have a very you have a very good young talented roster coming up and there and even if he does fall apart once you get there, you have other guys to pick him up. No, I mean I'm not trying to fall apart offensively. Like if you can just keep scoring all over him, what's the point? Is Anthony Edwards going to be your uh, defensive anchor when Gobert inevitably can't be? Well, they'll have to find some way. Yeah, well, then who? They'll figure it out, but uh-huh. it, isn't the key isn't the key still to get there with a chance to do, with a chance to do it? You can fill the fi- in the next coming years. You can fill the fill the holes in free agency. You can figure I it mean, out with you. You could, but it's like I just a lot has to go right, and it's like it's gonna take a lot. Like I said, right. I'm not completely ruling it out. It's usually how the like NBA trust. works. What? It's not, which is usually how the NBA works. It's very hard to win championships. It's it, at least it's hard to get up to that championship level. Once yeah. you're there and you have a young team who can contend, you're going to be you're going to be getting championships le- left and right. But yeah, a lot a lot has to go right. But that's kind of the way it works in the NBA. A lot has to go right, and even if all those things go right, you could still come up short. It's kind of the way the NBA works. Just ask the just ask the the Brooklyn Nets. They it, twice within ten years. There was the there was the there was that infamous trade they made with with the the Celtics to try and go all in for a championship to to get all those aging stars the Celtics have that fell flat. Then they lost their then they lost their future for the next five years, and then it wound up it wound up being that it was going to be okay because they had Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant fall on your laps along with James Harden. That fell flat too. So like. It, I, you just have to continue to do all the all the things that you think are, are going to work out, and I think this is this is a logical move for them. Try to go in, get that talent, get that proven talent, and you go you go for it. I mean, perhaps it's just I just don't think Gobert will be helpful for them in the long term. Well, it, I think it, I think to look at it through the next four years. If you look at it that way, then I think I think he can he can be productive for that long, and if that just just based off what they gave up, if it's four first round picks, that means those four first round picks have to be like back back end of the draft for it to be, you know, to be to be worth it. Because if you're if you're a competitive team, then those first round picks aren't going to add up to much, because you're you're just a team that's just that's just steamrolling everybody, but. Yeah, but if are they going to be that team though? I think they'll be. I think they'll. I think their their pick will be in the back half of the the first round. Yeah, probably. But all they have to do is stay the same as what they were last year, and it, it's in the back half of the first round. So, and if they do that for the next four years, even which would be a massive disappointment, it's still worth the trade because those first round. Looking at me a certain way. Oh yeah, uh, no, you froze on my end. Sorry. Yeah, my end wait, too. Did you? Did you wait? Did you hear anything I said? No. Oh. Whoa. Wait. So what? What was the last thing you heard me say? Did I don't I... know. You were about to make your point, and then you like cough. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. I hope. I hope it picked up enough. But uh, I apologize, you guys, if I. I went out for a little while, but um, I thought I made a pretty good point. That's that sucks. I don't want to. I don't want to make it again. Um, but yeah, I I just I like this deal. Uh, CJ, clearly clearly you don't. We'll agree to disagree there. But I asked uh, fair. It could go either way, really. But it, and I mean, it's what it turns out. I I, I also there's the, this idea that who wins the trade, who lost the trade, we don't find out until everything Years plays later. out. Yeah, you don't find out until years later. It's just all—it's all predictions at that point. I—I th- I think they won this trade. Well, it's not a matter of whether you're right or wrong, or it's 
what winds up happening in a few years. It'll all play out. But Tyson, do you have any other thoughts on this topic before we end the show? If they went, if they win the chip, they won the trade. Well, yeah. Can't so, argue with that. No, I can't. Too bad you'll run into Boston and they'll do it with Malcolm Brogdon. <laughs> and hopefully he won't be injured at that point. I don't know. I don't like it. Malcolm Brogdon. We can talk about that another time, but I'm a, I'm a little uh, off about that. Yeah. But uh, all right. Are we all set here? Anything else to anything else to say? Uh, yeah, I got some. Since we're talking about the NBA, I just want to point out that James Harden just agreed on a two-year deal to stay in Philly. All right, good for him. He's not winning anything there, though. No, he is not. (laughs) Wait, I thought thought about a week or two ago he declined, like, some option. Yeah, he's taking a $15 million pay cut for roster flexibility. Oh, okay. Oh, boy. Yeah, while we're on the topic of the NBA – I don't like James Harden. I never did. I always thought he was a fraud. He 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 disappears during the during the postseason. He'll rack up numbers during the postseason. And, excuse me, during the regular season, and he'll get you some regular season wins. But once you're there, if you expect helping from him, don't count on it. Don't count on it, man. Just don't count on it. All right. Uh, anything else? Is that it? No, that's it. All right. Well, that'll do it. Uh, Actually, thank you so much. Did he he glitch out? Yeah, he glitched out on my end. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Jeez. Again, thank you so much for joining the show. We've been trying to get you on for a long time, and uh, I'm glad we were finally able to to work it out. I know we all have big, busy schedules, and it's it's uh, especially this summer's been rough. I mean, look at where I'm broadcasting from. It's from a freaking beach. So, all right, guys. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Be sure to tune into us live Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7:30 on. Twitter and Facebook through Fans Only Sports Network. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you next week over and out.